there's this one phrase that my grandfather used to tell me when I was a little kid. Now I'm a baseball nut. I'm, I love breathe, you know, like forget it, baseball year round. I don't care even if, you know, it's not U.S. baseball. And my grandfather always used to say, watch the ball hit the bat. And I didn't really understand what that meant until, unfortunately, until he, he was passed and I got a little older. I was like, you know what? That makes perfect sense for everything that I do because I want to be able to then go ahead and hit the ball out of the park. Welcome back or welcome to the Business and Board Shorts podcast, the podcast dedicated to coastal entrepreneurs and business owners. In today's episode, we talk with Jason Resnick from New York. He's the founder of Nurture Kit, where he provides marketing and email automation services for clients who are looking to build a stronger relationship and make more sales from their email list. Let's dive into this week's conversation. Thanks for jumping on. So have you lived in New York your whole life? Yes. Yes, I have. I grew up on Long Island. Um, as I got a little older and into my 20s, I moved to the city. And then as I got even older still, uh, once we I got married and had a kid, we moved back out to Long Island. What's the vibe like there? Outside of 2020, uh, pretty chill. You know, like it's... I, I mean, I guess it's chill in New York standards, right? And so one of the things that that shocked me as a person was that um, I didn't think that I would be attached to a place. Like that was just my perception of who I was or my own self-awareness. However, in the early 2000s, when uh, I was working for a consultant firm and they were basically like farming us out as contractors to startups and dot-coms and all the rest of it to basically build their businesses, uh, I traveled all over the place, Chicago, Philly, Torrance, LA, like all over the place. And whenever I was there, I missed home, right? It was like this weird sort of like gut thing that it was like, man, like whether the place I was at wasn't as populated, things were closing early, like it wasn't as fast paced, like I just missed it. And so, um, yeah, I know New York is where I wanted want to be. And, you know, for Long Island, um, I love the city. I'd much rather live there than Long Island. But for me, just in the family life and having a backyard for the kids to run around and stuff like that, like, you know, Long Island's great. You know, that's super interesting because everybody has a vibe that they like and what works with them. So somebody may not like the New York chaotic, crazy, you know, upbeat, fast pace, but for you, it's perfect. It totally works. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, I would love to, uh, <laughs> I joke because I joke with my wife a lot because I'm like, look, you know, I have my own business. I run it from the house. We don't have to live in this high quote unquote rent area, right? Like we could go anywhere. Um, but we're definitely family oriented. So we're close with our parents and, you know, I don't think the grandparents would like it very much if the grandkids were elsewhere. So you know, <laughs> we're here to stay. So let's talk about the backstory with your career. When did you start your own business? It's funny. Um, when I started, officially started my own business was about 10 years ago uh, in 2010. Um, however, I was always a side hustler, a freelancer, um, things like that where, um, you know, I knew at a very young age, like 14, I still remember the day and where I was at and how I was feeling. But I, 
I knew that I just wasn't going to work for somebody else. Like there was just some, something inside of me that said like, Hey, look, um, I don't want to wake up every day dreading going to the job, uh, or feel like I have to ask for permission just to take off on a day, you know, things like that. Like as an adult, why can't I just go do what I want to do? Um, so I knew very early on now that's pre-internet. So, you know, I, pfft, I was 14. I had no idea what, what my life would look like or what I wanted or anything like that. It was just this thing inside of me. But when the internet came in college, um, you know, I went to college in the late nineties. And so when the internet came, like, I was like, huh, okay, there's this thing that I could do code and like put up a website. Like, that's cool. You know? And I was learning all these other things like calculus. I went to an engineering school. Um, and you know, physics and all the rest of it. And I'm like, ah, I was even doing development there, but it was programming. It wasn't even really coding. So I learned how to make a website and came out of college. Um, I had an internship, basically browser testing (laughs) at that point in time. Um, and it morphed into the career that I had now where, um, I flocked towards e-commerce, uh, as a developer, um, I loved the challenge. It was pre Amazon. The challenge was getting somebody to give their credit card online. And like, that was like, to me, that was an interesting challenge. Um, a little side note for me is human behavior. I love studying it, um, and psychology and all of those things. And what happened was about six, seven years ago, I started to use a tool called drip where that was an email marketing platform that allowed you to actually tie your website to your email list. And so when somebody clicked on an email or opened an email or something like that, you could code to your website, their name, whatever your heart desired, right? And so um, that made things super connected in a way, in my mind, to say, hey, look, e-commerce is all about trust, right? Like people look at reviews, they look at social proofs, they ask their friends, what did you buy? What did you think about it? And all that kind of thing. If you can develop the relationship with your customers or your subscribers on your email list through email, because that's essentially what that is used for, and then reflect it back on the website and that connected whole experience that you have with somebody, um, I mean, you're going to, you know, your conversion rates are going to go up, right? You're going to get more customers. You're going to get more repeat customers and so on and so forth. So about seven years ago is when I started really morphing from not just only a developer and developing websites, but more into automation and marketing automation and email automation and, and tying the whole customer experience together with not just email, but also the website. What do you think makes a successful email marketing campaign? Or just, you know, what? Uh, how are you able to drive business through email when so many of us are just conditioned to getting boatloads of spam all the time? Right. Yeah. I mean, uh, the key to any email marketing is segmentation. Um, and what that really means is that's a big word for understanding your subscriber at a level that they are um, listening to you. Meaning, why are they on your list? Why did they come there? What's their intent, right? They have some problem. They have some question. They want that answered. But then the the real key there is their motivation, right? And so their motivation is the emotional trigger behind their intent. So perfect example of this is, is if you are a physical trainer and you do virtual training for people, right? Um, somebody signs up to you, um, they want to lose weight, right? So 
okay, that's their intent. But why do they want to lose weight? Uh, well, they got a wedding to go to in 90 days, right? So they want to look good, uh, whether it's their wedding or their friend's wedding or something of that nature. So if you can get them, if you can understand their intent and their motivation, then at the same time, and you connect those dots together and convey that in an email, you have their attention. And that's what's going to rot basically rise you to the top of their inbox and they're going to be looking for whatever it is that you're sending to them. That makes perfect sense. How do you typically work with your clients in the email marketing space? A number of different ways. Um, a lot of retainer work because a lot of the stuff that I work on with my clients are campaign based, um, you know, meaning that it evolves over time. So I work with a lot of established online businesses. So like course creators, coaches, consultants, uh, you know, service-based uh, agencies, those sort of folks, more so than just the e-commerce space, um, which is send, selling physical goods, which I do work some there, but that's a different ball game, so to speak. But what I do normally is we work on strategy. We try to figure out what the goals of the businesses are. I want to understand that. I want to understand who the customers are. Um, and we work out a strategy to figure out what that looks like. Uh, a lot of people come in with a lot of low hanging fruit that we can get an immediate ROI on. Um, because most people are just like, Hey, I have an email list. I haven't emailed them in months or I send them my blog post every week. Um, and there's no real strategy behind the marketing. Um, so there's a lot of easy wins, so to speak that you could do there, but at the same time, uh, long-term, like what's it look like 90 days? What does it look like for the seasonal type of things like end of year stuff, like Black Friday and Cyber Monday? If it's a seasonal business, you know, like pools or something of that nature, okay, what are we doing in the wintertime versus the summertime? And so really just strategizing that and then trying to figure out the best approach to get their list engaged and create that relationship building effect so that then the subscriber actually says, hey, I'm ready to buy something from you. And that's where the automation kicks in because we track what their intent, you know, the interests are based on what they click on. And, we, you know, depending on the business, obviously, let's just say for the sake of example, if somebody clicks on a, a, a product page three times and they haven't bought yet. Well, then let's just send them another campaign, an automated campaign that says, hey, we've seen that you have some interest in this. What's holding you back from buying it? Uh, you know, paraphrasing, obviously, but to kind of make it a little bit more smart in the automation and not as creepy like that, but the person's checked it out a whole bunch of times. So what, maybe there's just a question that we need to answer that will actually get them over the fence. There's two things I love catching rays and catching new business. But getting tan is a lot easier than getting your business found online. If you're struggling to get new customers from your website, let my decade of experience work for you. Surf on over to callmect.com and fill out a quick form. I'll be sure to answer as soon as I get back from the beach. And if we can, let's just back up for a second. For those of us that love the idea, but are completely brand new to having an email list or creating an email list, you know, nurturing that list, can you take us back to the beginning of that? Like, what do you recommend someone do to start building that list? If you're a business online, you there's a good chance that you have a customer. 
what is that customer asking you? Questions that they're asking you. Um, why did they hire you in the first place? If it's something where they're buying from you on a repeated basis, why do they keep coming back? Have, knowing exactly what triggers your customer and then turning that back around into some value that you could put on the website as a lead magnet, right? This could either be a one page thing, like top 10 and questions that, you know, get asked about your pools. Uh, you know, it could be, you know, for, for my case, it's a email course, right? Because part of the business that I, that I run is helping developers and designers run their business. So they want to get clients. Well, it's a five day email course to get that and, and tips and tricks on that. So, Whatever it is that the customer wants, that's what you put out and you just collect their name and email address. However, the key here is, is that make sure that it aligns with the product or service that you're running. Because back to the case of that, that virtual trainer, if that virtual trainer puts up recipes on their website and gets opt-ins there, well, while there's some crossover and there's some relationship to what they're actually selling, which is working out, it's not going to be as good of a conversion, right? Because they're the people that are opting in are actually looking to get healthier via nutrition, not working out. So a better lead magnet might be, hey, a five day workout that you could do 10 minutes when you wake up in the morning to lose two pounds, right? Then that translates to what they're trying to sell. So whatever it is that the client, the quick win that a customer can get, that's what you would use as your lead magnet to start helping building your list. What's the best business advice you've ever received? It's a great question. Cause I mean, I've had some really great advice over the years. Um, but I would say, and I gotta, I gotta kind of, <laughs> hedge my bet here. So I'm going to say two things. One, it's double your rates. Um, because early on in my, when I started my business, um, I was working on an hourly rate and, you know, I had a conversation with a mentor of mine, virtual mentor of mine. I never met this person. And, uh, I was just like, he was where I wanted to be. And so I, you know, he, was grilling me on a lot of things. And I was just open and honest about everything. And he goes, well, what do you charge? So I told him what I charge. He goes, Pfft. he goes, dude, double that. And then maybe even add some. <laughs> he goes, because you could charge that. And I had no idea because I was just kind of starting out and I didn't want to lose work that was coming out and stuff like that. So that was probably the first. However, the second one, and it, it could be more relevant for, you know, the audience here is that I was encouraged by a business coach of mine to inject my personality into the business because ultimately for what I do, you know, it's commoditized, right? Like you could go hire somebody else to write emails and build automations and things like that. But what, what's going to happen is, is that the clients are actually going to come to me because they, we vibe well together. I'm going to turn people away and going to attract other people. And so I didn't really think about it like that. And as an introvert, I was just like, what personality? <laughs> like, I'd much rather just sit here. So I, in 2014, that's when I started doing that. And it was like a complete shift in the business. Like, yes, I was repelling certain people, 
but I was attracting people that I was actually enjoying working with. And, and as they become clients of mine and customers and things like it was great because it was like, you know, I didn't feel like I was injecting myself into a corporate world where maybe I felt a little awkward or, you know, injecting myself into maybe like a small team where I felt awkward. I mean, it was just, it I had no idea that just, you know, personal brand, right? Like that's what it came to was like, okay, what's my personal brand? Well, I'm, I'm a New Yorker. I'm a work from home dad. Um, you know, I, you know, I like metal, you know, like I have, I like old technology, um, you know, and so just being able to inject some of that into the business, like it just, I mean, I was attracting who I, who I wanted in as customers. No, I totally get what you're saying. I, it's deep inside of me, you know, being genuine, being real, because uh, that's going to then drive business that fits you as well versus, uh, you know, if you just tell everybody what they want to hear, uh, you're probably going to get stuck with some pretty lousy clients. So I just really, really vibe with that, making sure it's the right fit on both sides. What's the best life advice you've ever received? I mean, I'm 43, right? Still young in the grand scheme of things, but... I feel like I've lived lifetimes already um, with certain phases of my life. Um, and so when there's two things, because there's one phrase that my grandfather used to tell me when I was a little kid. Now I'm a baseball nut. I'm, I love breathe, you know, like forget it, baseball year round. I don't care even if, you know, it's not U.S. baseball. Um, and my grandfather always used to say, watch the ball hit the bat. And I was like, as a kid, I was just like, all right, whatever, you know, like, it's just something you say. And I, I got what he meant by that. You know, you just keep your head on the ball, watch the ball at the bat. However, as I got older and even, you know, when I got into college and he was still alive, like he, you know, like he would say that out of context of baseball. And I didn't really understand what that meant until, unfortunately, until he, he was passed and I got a little older. I was like, you know what? That makes perfect sense for everything that I do because I want to be able to then go ahead and hit the ball out of the park. Like, right? Like, I want to be able to, like, you know, if I'm, you know, I, I started my own business. I wanted to get to a certain level where I could buy a house and support a family and so on and so forth. Like, watch the ball hit the back. Keep going, you know? Like... And so that resonated with me a lot. Um, and so for me, like that phrase, like I, I don't even have it up anywhere. It's just something that's in my head that, yeah. And anytime, like I've coached little league nowadays. So like, I'm like, even say like, Hey, watch the ball at the bat. Because I think if you stay on the target and you literally stay focused at what you're doing, the hits will come. I love that. That is awesome. Thanks so much for sharing that. Where can my listeners check you out online? Yeah, I mean, I'm always open to any sort of conversations. As you know, uh, I'm at Rez on Twitter. That's with three Z's, R-E-Z-Z-Z. Um, or you can check out my website. Uh, that's nurturekit.co. That's .co, not com. But uh, yeah, I'm always open to a conversation. Thanks very much for coming on. Have a great rest of your day. Yeah, thanks for having me. You're still here? Well, while I have you, if you found today's episode valuable or useful, I would love if you could head on over to iTunes and leave us a review. It really helps to expand the reach of the podcast. And if not, then just forget the last 10 seconds. 
Thanks. Talk to you next week.